Okay, who's doing the intro? Dan, you pointed at the screen, but like that could be anybody. (laughs) Welcome to this week's podcast. (laughs) What are we doing this week then, Dan? Well, why should you choose the cloud? I think it's probably the best option. Why should you? Why shouldn't you? Uh, Do's and don'ts, advantages, disadvantages. It's an important question. Yeah, it is an important question. But the first important one, though, is... um... You're listening to the Silver Linings Runbook, where we discuss the cloud and its complementary technologies, with guest speakers talking about how technology is shaping the world in business and domestic sectors alike. In this week's episode, we talk about the whys and why nots about migrating to the cloud, with many compelling reasons both for and against, for small and large technology scenarios, and everything in between. How are we all? That is a better question. I'm very good. How are you, Dan? I've had better weeks. Technology-wise, not too bad. Daughter's got COVID, so she's at home from school. Not affected oh. by it, luckily. And our builder's back now. So I've had to uh, delay our podcast recording until later in the day this time because of he was hammering, soaring. So yeah, It might be more now. educational if we, if we get the sound effects of a builder in the background. We could talk about what he's actually building. Modern day problems from working at home. Dogs barking, kids screaming. Uh, earlier, the, my daughter was playing piano. Uh, she's five, so she doesn't know how to. Yeah, but that's <laughs> like the piano keys. <laughs> a soothing, a soothing sound. How are you, John? How are you? Yeah, how are you, John? Yeah, I'm all right. Is it, do you know what? Is it me, or has it just been really, really busy in, in like a hair on fire kind of way? I, I don't know. The last few weeks, to be honest, since Christmas, I think. Just been running around with my hair on fire a lot, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm doing all right. I think there's just lots on the go, uh, lots of tech that I'm still trying to learn, and yeah, lots of opportunities that I'm trying to kind of fight my way through. But apart from that, yeah, all good. You know, keeping busy. I think it's probably best to say. Nice. Good. So why why the cloud then? We, so this week's episode, we're going to discuss pros and cons of cloud technologies. Uh, I guess from from the trenches, from our own perspectives, the customers we work with, why have they chosen to move to the clouds? I suppose anecdotally, anything uh, strange or points to raise or things like that? I mean, who, who wants to kick it off then? Who's got something good? Well, so I had a conversation with a friend and he works for a small IT company and was in the pub uh, having a drink. Uh, and the cloud came into conversation. Uh, one of my other friends, he's already migrated a lot of his IT to the cloud. We talk about how he's uh, using the, um, like data pools to kind of um, to have this kind of dynamic flexibility for the resources being allocated for his for his analytics. Um, but then my friend says, "Well, why should I migrate to the cloud? I've just got a small MySQL database that sat there." doing what it needs to do on a, on a really old server. Why should I migrate to the cloud? And you know what? I, I struggled at first to give him a proper convincing reason. Later on, I, I went away and I had to think about it. 
And I thought, and maybe, you know, and I think we, we've all done this at some point, right? We've all kind of made the assumption that, yeah, you should just migrate to the cloud. But when you sit back and really look at the whys and hows of it all, there's more to it, a lot more to it. And, and there would be a lot of people asking these questions out there. Maybe people listening today thinking, well, why should I migrate to the cloud? Mm. Do you know what? In my experience, to start with the question, is really heavily overloaded because I think, in my experience, people use the word cloud to mean many things. And I, and I think sometimes there are cross communications. I think the first important thing is to kind of get out on the table. What what do we mean by cloud? What, what are we talking about? Because, you know, we've got public clouds, private clouds, um, mm. we've got hybrid clouds, we've got software as a service, infrastructure as a service. There are so many different things. And I maybe, maybe to, to kind of, you know, it's it's a typical consultancy answer I always give that it 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 depends, doesn't it? It's it's really what are the pros and cons of moving to the cloud, and should everybody move to the cloud? I mean, obviously the answer is no. The cloud, whatever you mean by cloud, isn't necessarily the only option and the best fit for anything that you're doing. But yeah, it's about understanding what your problem is, what the problem is that you're trying to solve. Is it? Is it some kind of productivity gain that you're looking for with a particular SaaS solution? Is it cost savings that you're looking to move to a, a, a cloud fabric like Azure or AWS or G Cloud? Um, you know, what is it? What you know? So I think they start off with you know what what are those triggers? I think is is the way that I see customers talking about what what's that trigger? What are you looking to do? And and you know what that was like a, um, something I defaulted to. So it was you know. What would what prompt somebody, even if they are working for a small company, to 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 even start thinking about migrating to the cloud? Because that's that's the first trigger, right? Is that is that is it just curiosity or is it a business need? Um, mm. and, and those mm. businesses are always straightforward. It could be failing, all the failing infrastructure that's made them think is now the time. Um, but then the 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 other option is they just replace existing infrastructure with like for like if they can. I think actually that there's over the lockdown period of the last two years, a lot of firms have taken a, even they've dipped their toe into the cloud, but more mm. from a, they, they've done that because they want to have um, mobile device management. So in it, from an MDM perspective, you've got the Intune side of Azure that allows you to manage mo mobile devices. So during COVID, Firms have given more staff more access to have email teams on their different mobile devices, and I think that seems to be a very big. Um, it's been taken up very, very widely um, across the spectrum, and that's as far as a lot of firms have gone. So, if you broaden that idea, then what you talk about there is flexibility, right? Because people working from home, businesses need the ability to be flexible in the devices that their their works their their workforce their staff are using, and so using an MDM to manage those devices is is one way they can do that, and and they do that through the cloud through yeah um, you know like some like Intune or Endpoint Manager is called nowadays. That's an example of an MDM that allows you to manage mobile phone and and, and laptop devices for people working from home. I guess that's a really that's a really valid point, Dan, because I think COVID did spark a lot of 
maybe the, the they cut out a lot of the red tape and the bureaucracy of, of project work that kind of gets stalled by companies because, you know, these these kind of, to a certain extent, myths that the cloud isn't secure or the cloud isn't this or the cloud isn't that. And I think when COVID hit, you're right, companies were like, okay, uh, right, we need to scale this out, you know, from an MDM perspective. But then how do we give access to our employees, to our on-prem applications, things that are traditionally hidden behind firewalls and servers. And wow, we've, we've not really given this much thought. And I think the cloud, back to that point of flexibility, was almost this, this big thing that could be utilized in many ways. MDM being one, flexibility of setting up VPNs, allowing access into networks being a thing. So it's almost like um, what I've seen is it's cut out that worry almost. It's like, right, damn, we kind of have to go to the cloud pretty quickly. Otherwise, we're going to not be able to carry on doing our work. Therefore, it's out of necessity almost. Well, if you're hosting, yeah. you hosting your own infrastructure on-premise during the lockdown, well, who's going in there to, to fix it when it goes wrong? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's that, yeah. But you, you touched upon something which was really interesting, the myths of the cloud. And mm. one, one myth I always find really interesting uh, when people talk to me about it is, oh, it's it's more expensive. Yeah, and yeah. On, on, on the face value, it, you might think it is. But when you start looking at that flexibility of spinning up devices and spinning them down, um, the, um, the scalability of... Um, resource you know expanding it out scaling out and scaling back in again uh, it's scaling back in that's the wrong word Elast <laughs> elasticity elasticity the, isn't it you know what i'm talking about though the idea that you can grab that extra resource and pay the extra money when you need it and then when you don't need it is scale back and mm -hmm. it so that extra control of costs and that, and and, it, and it's so visible as well from um from a cloud perspective no matter what um public cloud you you is your you know you go for that 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 control of costs and where you decide to invest um your your the money into into what resources you need ultimately kind of gives you it, it could well it could result in reduced costs rather than just grabbing an expensive server that sat there in a data center that can cope that you know it's been spec to cope with the 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 extremities the max extremities of of what it's designed the to usage, do yeah. the peak, peak usage, usage. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. that you don't have that anymore if you don't want to Should... but you you're right James right you, you, what you've just mentioned there I think in in my experience with with cost management is is a bit of a double edged sword because look we all know what we should be doing you know we should absolutely keep costs to a minimum but I think to a certain extent there are it can work the other way where because it's so flexible, people jump in and spin these resources out. And I guess this is more prevalent in in the Azure space because, look, if you've got an admin and somebody's able to spin up resources, you know, guess what? They they, they forget to switch them off. They forget to turn yeah. that oh, test I've area that, off. I've and, done that a lot yeah. of time. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I mean, that, that, that that's arguably that's, that's, a, that's something to look at with cloud is, look, you know, some guide rails in place you know with some policy or or, or make sure yeah. somehow you capture that now cost management is absolutely a thing that you can make work for you but in my experience sometimes it's something that a lot of businesses let for whatever reason spiral out of control so 
you know, we kind of have to talk to them a, a little bit around that with, 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 you know, best practices for how to keep on top of those things. I guess yeah. it's different in the 365 space when it comes to license SKUs and things like that. But, but again, that's, that's back to us. What, what do we mean by cloud almost, isn't it? It's, um, it's an yeah. overloaded term. There's, there's also the other side of it that um, a lot of businesses are, are kind of slightly reluctant to go to the cloud as well because of training requirements for staff as well. Mm. Yeah, but there's, mm. there's a two flip sides to that. So I know you've worked with SCCM, Dan, and then and you've been there for that transition into the cloud through Intune and now as it's known as Endpoint Manager. Would you say the the entry level to uh, Endpoint Manager is higher or lower than to SCCM from a technical perspective? Um, if you compare if you compare apples and pears, so SCCM versus cloud managed, cloud mm -hmm. managed is much easier. Exactly. It's it's so, a, a much lower entry point to to come in and, and actually be a uh, a successful um, administrator of that yeah you know, from a technician so, technician level so of, of course when you're you're looking to modernize your um, your infrastructure and, and and the services you provide from within you know migrating to the cloud or, or to something like endpoint manager yeah I get it where you say yeah there's there's initial need for retraining or additional training to get them up to speed but compared to what it used to be like for some of this on-prem infrastructure and services i think migrating to the cloud is much easier much lower entry level um because it does a lot for I, you i think those skills although those skills requirements have kind of gone broader rather than yes. deeper now That's, i think yes it's, yes it's, it's rather than you knowing SCCM or you know a product at that level of depth, all of a sudden now you, you kind of move into the cloud, and this works, I think, in a lot of different areas. You know, you look at it from a, a typical infrastructure person that's used to racking and stacking tin and networking and storage. You move that to the cloud, and now all of a sudden, you know, you're kind of expected to know. You know, you're not racking and stacking tin anymore. Of course, you're not, no. but you're now spinning up. VMs and IaaS and networking, and now you're going a bit deeper into the networking that maybe you did before because you shipped in. Yeah. So I think the skills, as much as you've taken away skill, and I'm doing my little quote marks from a certain area, you kind of almost then expected to broaden your skills because now all of a sudden, I guess using MDM or um, you know Intune, uh, some endpoint management, MAM or MEM, what we call MEM, Microsoft Endpoint Manager now we're called, aren't we? Yeah. MEM, that's MEM. it. So, so do you find that you, you now because you're because there is, there is that lower barrier to entry with kind of you know entry level managing devices? All of a sudden now you're going a bit broader, maybe in the types of devices and how you're managing them. Definitely, there's you almost feel that actually the device management is now a lower end of the scale, and you actually find that where that's now dropped, it's dropped below what you were having to um, achieve as far as a mindset was concerned and using your skill set. And now you're able to do something more. Mm. Um, go in much more into um, further administration and management of it. Um, well, that's it. Because it's, cause it's yeah. doing th some things for you. It means that your, your, that spare time that's freed up where you'd have been bogged down in earlier technologies, older technologies, 
that free time that you now have because you're investing in better, more performant technology that's doing more for you, that extra time you can invest elsewhere. And so you probably find that services are getting better quicker now than they were before. They're advancing much quicker. Well, the, the going from the annual or semi-annual upgrades of um, as take and to take SCCM or configuration manager as an example, they they still do every a third every third of the year. There's a new release. Yeah. However, that's still very slow in comparison to the rest of the the Microsoft sort of cloud offering these days. Because you go to a versionless month. model now, aren't yeah. they? So it's just you no longer have this idea of. Um, like, yeah, someone was asking me about SQL the other day, and I was like, talking about SQL managed instance. He goes, yeah, but what about, is it compatible with SQL 2019? What happens when you want to go to SQL 21? And I'm like, no, 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 doesn't work like that. It's it's versionless. It's got rid of that now. It's just Evergreen. something... Evergreen's other... a term, isn't it? Evergreen. Yeah, and, and, and it takes a whole lot of problems out of the of that kind of, that life cycle, product life cycle away from you. The, you have that increased reliability. Um, the technology is optimized as well. You're no longer, you know, relying on um, buying a server that you're having to then configure for the task at hand. It already comes spinned up, ready for what whatever task it needs to be done. Uh, it needs mm -hmm. to do, sorry, in the cloud. Um, so, so here we go then. So everything we talked about thus far, I think, I think it's probably fair to say we're we're leaning for what we talked about so far. So, you know, some of the areas we work in, endpoint management, maybe a bit of Azure and IaaS and infrastructure. You know, clearly there are motivations to move to the cloud, um, you know, and, and actually take your workload into the cloud. And what the pro for us then is that it's made us learn more, but we've had to learn in different areas and maybe think of what we learn about our technologies in a bit of a different way, more innovative, more innovative way. But then, I mean, to take this to the next level in terms of, you know, why, why the cloud, you know, and the complexities of the cloud, because... Some of the anecdotal things I hear from customers leading up to this now, and, and I take, I think maybe this will take us on to the next part, is, ah, uh, you know, vendor lock-in. You know, again, it's another little mm. bit of a myth, but it's, I don't want to go and dump all my eggs in one basket because what if said vendor wants to increase their prices or they go pop or fill in the blank, the the, the negative blank there. I mean, what 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 do you guys think about that whole vendor lock-in piece? Now, you know, what what are you have you come across that with any customers or take take SQL as an example? How long has SQL been around, and how long have developers used SQL as a as a platform to store data? So, are you talking it's... about vendor as a pla as in like Microsoft as a vendor, or are you talking about yeah? yeah. yeah. So, Microsoft is a Microsoft is has done for the last few years is it has gone down of the route of we have our products but we also support open source mm -hmm. now if you uh, and amazon uh, as another cloud provider also support sql server and open source so i don't see that vendor locking there because if you well, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example now. We we hear and and, and I, it's a little bit of a loaded point I'm trying to make it because I think it'll take us to an interesting conversation point. Is <laughs> but now all of a sudden development on a on a cloud fabric. Let's you know let's, let's move from the the three six five space you know and device management into a little bit more of you know sort of that development area. But serverless technologies, you know, we're being asked now to develop directly into Azure Functions, directly okay, into Azure yeah. Logic Apps. 
Um, and, and don't get me wrong, you know, I've got I've got a place which hopefully might help listeners and and us kind of talk about things. But there was always this concept of well, you know, and you know, I I always bring up the the, the whole public folder thing with Exchange. Did any of you guys live through? Well, probably still lots of people living through the whole public folder thing, where from a technology point of view. Um, Microsoft Grow was trying to kill it off. They just wanted to get rid of it. It was a bit of a spider's web of a mess. <clears throat> but they never could because so many businesses carried on using this thing called public folders in, in exchange. And for all I, you know, as far as I'm aware now, I mean, they moved it into mailboxes and it's still floating around. There probably are loads of companies still using it. And my point being, if you start to develop in a cloud fabric and you develop in a way that you're kind of putting all your stuff into this cloud fabric that's in a subscription, you can't just lift it into Azure, uh, into AWS or G Cloud. Yeah, if you're However, using services that are tied specifically into a particular vendor, yeah. I, I could completely agree with that. And, and just to kind of finish off my point now, which I think is quite a cool thing that's very worthy bringing up here, and I don't know how you guys feel about it, but this, it's this whole cloud-native debate. or It's not even a debate, but it's a movement. It's this open-source movement based around you know, open source technologies like Kubernetes that has come from the development at Google, they made it open source, and now we've got flavors of Kubernetes and containerization. That's starting to show now that we can move that concept of vendor lock-in, that problem kind of goes away. Yeah. However, we now need to upskill in not just these technologies that we're trying to skill in with cloud fabrics, but now how you run those in containers. How do you deploy and manage those in containers? I mean, have, have you guys come across any of those conversations yet? Have you had any with customers or, or just generally thinking about it? I've... I think so, containerization, there's a kind of a conversation that I've seen, I've actually sort of been following actually with guys that are Kubernetes fans and containerization, Docker, etc. that actually the workloads that they can do when they're in the cloud. If you're having a problem with the container, with the, the workload, move the workload to a new container and then kill the old one. Yeah. Don't try and there's, there's much less about troubleshooting a problem. Move the workload, kill it off, kill off the old stuff, continue with the new stuff. And mm. it's much more of a, a I think it's a, a cannon fodder type approach yeah. to that actually that actually is quicker to just um and i think actually you, a lot of people use it nowadays with also um sort of mass rebuilding of devices for end for endpoint devices that mm. it's quicker just to swap a device out than to and to rebuild the one that you've taken back in than it is to try and troubleshoot an issue for a, a, an end user um, but, uh, and i think that's becoming quite a yeah well and you think kubernetes that sits every, there yeah. kubernetes sits there and does it automatically for you anyway if it detects yeah. that there's a problem on a particular node well, it's going to well, shift the workload <laughs> off anyway isn't it well my, my my experience is it does it automatically as long as you've spent the time and effort in learning how to configure it properly to do to do it automatically you know well, what and, and that's with any, like any product yeah. yeah yeah and and you're right that i don't i don't think many People out there are not enough people out there having the conversation of do we need to use Kubernetes or, well, or what benefit what? do we get from Kubernetes? I don't, not enough people, I don't think, are having that conversation yet. I mean, I like the way this conversation's going because it's kind of like this whole thing of there's a move, there's definitely a movement going on. There's several movements going on with 
Um, you know, we've had the whole DevOps thing, the operations folk trying to align, working well with dev uh, development folk. And, you know, that's kind of the way of the world to a certain extent. Okay, we've not, we've not adapted it deep into company culture and we've probably not skilled yeah. everybody up just yet. We've got a, a bit way to go for it to become the standard. But now, you know, all of these, these things surrounding cloud, you know, we're starting to see these these movements like open source, which are great. You know, they they inspire and invoke a lot of this innovation. But I think anecdotally, what I find is that, and this is only me speaking from my own view, is that all of a sudden now, this complexity that is always around us within technology, whether it's an on-prem thing or working with cloud, is just getting more complicated and it's just more stuff to learn. You know, but to all to all intents and purposes, it's the same thing we're trying to achieve, you know, is keep applications running, keep them scaled appropriately. And I guess cloud just offers us more innovative, clever, current ways of doing that. And Kubernetes is just another one of those ways. Yeah, accessibility is a key benefit. And, uh, you know, to, to, for, for tech, you know, to give you access to technology that you probably wouldn't have had access to before because, A, it's really convenient just to spin up a... A Kubernetes cluster, dead easy. Once you know how, um, loading, you know, pulling down a, an image from GitHub and spinning up a, a Kubernetes cluster using that image, a, you know, dead easy to spin up a SQL Server that way, and then it's all configured for you. So once you kind of get to the swing of uh, of Kubernetes and and what it can do for you, and understanding what the problems it you know what problems it solves i think that's key as well and that's why i've struggled with kubernetes i've come along i can see it's really cool technology but like what real world problems would i try and solve with something like this and it's the same for the cloud in general what problems are you trying to solve with cloud technology um and and how can you put that into terms that people who aren't technical can understand because most of the time mm. those are the people that are holding the purse strings and making the decisions I think actually you can look at it from a the, like moving to the cloud. There is there's the other side of it where if there are businesses that are happy for their staff to work from home, but they still have an office and a building with a room full of racks or a rack or what have you that has that is running their on-prem infrastructure. I think those those. Uh, organizations are actually prime cloud uh, migration sort of, uh, yeah. candidates candidates yeah. is probably yeah, yeah. and that's and they're, they're perfect because actually the i think it's actually shown that taking a leap and jumping into the cloud with two feet is now and it's now at a point where ma the maturity of the cloud is is there it's it's not like it's a fad it's not like it's something that you can't do or it's not going to be very reliable. Um, stats show how reliable the Azure platform is, the AWS platform, Google. They're all but, very but how reliable. How do you go to, how do you, you know, explain this to a customer and say, look, yeah, the cloud's really good. It's, 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 it's really mature. You can run things like AKS in there. You can spin up a data, a relation database, a NoSQL database. You can, but it's like, but the customer like, but why? Why do, Why should I be interested in any of that? And I think that's, that's the difficult part, right? 
you know, and and, and it so is. I, I mean, that's a, another valid point, Dan. You you bring up here because I mean, in my experience, to answer your question, James, how do you explain it? It 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 is such a difficult thing because what I found is that when you're speaking with customers you've got different types of customer. Yeah? You've either got the customers that are biased in a sense that they've had some kind of a bad experience, so they're completely against cloud, or you're speaking to customers that have got some kind of a, a an attraction towards cloud that will run with you. I always, I do speak to customers around that point, and I, I treat it as a hearts and mind conversation. And in other words, I'm not going to speak to you about the technology and what how good it is or how bad it is. How do you feel about it? Because I think... Mm-hmm. Businesses realize, you know, they've they lived and breathed all this um, digital transformation message. That, that that was a message. It turned into a bit of a buzz phrase, and it kind of still is to a point. But what does that mean for your business? You know, have you spotted any things that the cloud could offer your business? And I think that's what it is. I think at first, outside of PaaS, um, you know, sort of, sorry, SaaS, so outside of SaaS software as a service type offerings, when you look at platform as a service or info as a service um it's it's always too difficult to kind of sit with your blinkers on as a as as an it person to say right this is how i currently run my applications i'm just going to pick it up and put it in the cloud and i think i've spent so many so much time speaking to customers saying well that's the wrong way to look at it it's not about a like for like it's about how do you adapt your applications how do you move and realize some of those benefits using some of the cool stuff that's available in the cloud. You know, have you spotted anything yet? And let's work with that. If And if you haven't spotted anything, let's have a quick chat about what your business does, what applications has it got, yada, yada, yada. And let's let's see if I can help you identify some, uh, some cool things that you could do that would help your business save money, would give your business a unique uh, selling point or some innovation in your products. And for me, that is the, the big positive of cloud. It's this, it's this big encompassing platform that does anything that you want it to do, but it's still on you to realize what is the problem you're trying to solve. You know, and that's the difficult thing is I always say to people like in those conversations, those hearts and minds, technical bit is simple. That's the easy bit. We can all learn that whether we're from a 365 background, whether we've got good data center experience or we're a, you know, a support desk worker, we can as long as we've got that mindset of learning, we can all learn the techie bit. The difficult bit is coming up with that creative imagination to begin with, that that how are you going to solve a problem in a creative way using this new cloud platform as a a catalyst to do that, I guess. So that's 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 okay. how I approach it. Flip side then, you have you had a conversation with a customer and you thought, actually, migrating to the cloud isn't for you? Yes, 100%. And you know what? I've had conversations with customers purely based on their attitude. And, you know, almost like I've had conversations with customers where they've been like, ah, do you know what? Yeah, cloud costs too much money. And it's always, you know, it's always difficult to use. You you put something in the cloud, it costs me three times as much. And Mm -hmm. you try and explain, well, you know, this stuff. And they go, no, no, no. And so for me, I just go, have I got the time? to try and win the hearts and minds of those people over, or do they just need to find their own path of their own accord outside yeah. of my influence, you know? So do you not think that there are that there are circumstances or um, there are examples of, 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 of times where a customer might 
they might want to migrate to the cloud, but you can see actually they're not going to get as much benefit from doing so. Um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, only with my experience, I, I think, again, I think you've got this split over the productivity and desktop management side of cloud, if you want to call it that, and then the the, fab, the fabric side where, you know, infrastructure and development stuff, whatever, however you want to frame it, there's you know, these, these two camps. And I think, again, it's down to a lot of companies that I've spoken to, certainly over the last few years, have had this mindset of this traditional way of thinking, this data center, I'm spinning up a VM. You know, remember how long it took to move from physical servers, you know, stacked around a, an office space or racked in a server. Each server is doing one specific application function mm -hmm. to when we moved over to kind of hypervisors, when when VMware kind of was the thing. You know, that took a while to transition over. And and I think we're in a in a similar mode at the moment where IT people, for, and I, this is a massive generalization, don't get me wrong, but I think on the whole, in my experience, the conversations are, it's still seen as this, we, they're treating cloud platforms as just another data center, which yes, it absolutely can be like that, but you're not gonna gain as much, you might gain savings, uh, cost savings, you might actually increase some costs for certain applications, you know, based on a like-for-like -like move. However, you're missing the point, you know, that isn't the point, the full point of the power of the cloud. Like, like back to your point, James, if you're looking for scalability and you've currently got, I don't know, six servers in a cluster um, servicing uh, a particular application, why would you just go and build those six servers in in a, in a v, you know, uh, in an Azure subscription and put a load balancer? You know, could that application do with some auto scaling? You know, did you, you, you know, so it's kind of... Yeah, yeah you've got to make sure out. that... Yeah, you've got to make sure that if you are going to go and migrate your your workloads into the cloud that you are doing it in the, the best possible way so not like you say migrating like for like as or as close as like for like as you possibly can because you're not going to leverage the, the power of the cloud then what's the point mm. in just migrating to a vm that's hosting an application that you could sit in a data center um, you know, uh, yeah, and you know, and 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 sometimes like for like is the correct answer for that particular customer because, you know, their motivations, their triggers for moving to the cloud might be, I don't want to renew my data center contract and that expires in six months, so yes, I need yeah. to just move it. So this is this is the thing. I think you get such a mixed bag of triggers and motivations. Um, we've definitely got a lack of comparing apples with apples. I think cloud is an overloaded terminology that could do with being broken down, you know, and everybody's cards are on the table. You know, what 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 do you what do you mean by the cloud? You know, because everybody has their different view. Um, mm -hmm. Or is in my experience, it's very common for when somebody's to speak about the cloud, they go on their particular technology view of the cloud and not this broad abstract thing that cloud gives, you know, then the cloud is just some somebody else's computer. That's the joke, isn't it? You know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking that. Yeah, it is, but but in reality, it is, and you're just paying for for Azure for AWS. Um, you are paying for really an outsourced service, mm. and it's just taking that outsourcing um, kind of a mentality that a lot. I know a lot of IT teams were outsourced to other third party companies and said, "Oh, let's try and." make a cost saving there 
I think the attitude from that is still there's some of that still there that actually if you outsource something you should save money but as you you said as you said john it's not about that anymore um and i think the mature the the mentality needs to mature a little bit at times it's not a a sweeping statement that that's what the way everyone is definitely not it's something that i think actually certain um certain businesses i think of the of the, probably the smaller end, the smaller sized businesses where they have they've developed their own applications for particular solutions internally, and they will mm-hmm. find it much more difficult to move to the cloud because of the bespoke. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you're right, but I think you know to pick you up on your point. Then is this is this capital expenditure model versus operational expenditure model. You know, this all of a sudden, we don't have to buy a big load of tin and then depreciate it over years, you know, with our finance teams. Now businesses that have to speak, you know, they're having to go to their finance teams and go in, yeah, can, can we just whack that on a credit card and pay it month by month? And, you know, it's it's. I think we're getting there now with a lot of more businesses, but it used to be a common problem. You know, businesses just couldn't fathom, hang on a minute, IT, on a monthly subscription, that what you know, yeah. so I, we definitely got. We're a lot further down the road than we were a few years back now with that kind of opex model. I think there are a lot more businesses um, absolutely fine with that model, but that was a sticking point for a while, wasn't it? Definitely, yeah. That subscription model versus the buy it outright and lose cost, lose yeah. money. But, but, but then again, that flexibility on and the control of costs kind of outweigh some of that um certainly that that that, that uh, trepidation i think of 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 going to that model you know you could you could theoretically give a a, a you know a resource more uh, more bump for the for a month if you needed it to or for or even for an hour if you needed to and then scale it back and that and then when you can see how much money you can save by scaling back that kind of I know, I know it for me, it gives me like a nice little fuzzy feeling inside that actually I'm, I'm getting the benefit of having something there when I need it. And then when I don't need it, turn the thing off. And it just sits there. And I'm only paying for storage. Yeah, but do, do, you know, do you know one thing that I, you know, I watched it years ago. And I, I funnily enough, I rewatched a video from Google on how they market it and, you know, how they kind of speak about their cloud platform. And and it's so true that you know we you know this is probably a bit deep for for our podcast, but I'll get your take on it. But <laughs> there's very much this um, view that we're kind of in this you know age of information, you know the information age. We're transforming a bit like the industrial age. You know when um, when steam power, like I'm, I'm useless at remembering particular stories, but you know when we went over from you know, using uh, whatever we were using, horse and carts, into the kind of combustion engine or maybe the steam engine first. And yeah, all of a sudden, turn of the industry century. Yeah, so all of a sudden now, you know, we were able to produce power. In, so, you know, rather than having localized power sources, we were able to kind of go back to this factory mentality of, you know, having a, a centralized power station, you know, and those big steam-driven turbines that were producing power and disseminating it across you know, not just factories to help produce goods and services, but now they were able to send electricity out to other smaller, you know, places. You know, that whole thing of, right, we're going to produce power and distribute that across a network grid and now power all these houses. Now, cloud is that centralized IT sort of resource that you're paying for that you can turn off and on, like you say, a bit like electricity, 
you know, it's almost like that this version of our uh, revolution, the information revolution almost, isn't it? That the industrial age where we went to steam engines, cloud is that, you know, big step change towards how we consume technology and how we pay for technology. So, so, so in the same way that we're, we would you know, answer the question, like why migrate to the cloud or why use the cloud? In the same way, around the turn of the 20th century, didn't the same conversation happen where it's like, well, why would I uh, use that tractor over there? Would I've got a really good horse here that can pull by cart? Yeah, That type of thing. And yeah, I suppose, <laughs> where, where, where is it going to be in 20 years' time? You know, you know I imagine this sort of movement into cloud technology, it's, it's broadening the horizon of what's possible. Um, the, the idea that like big data, for example, something that used to take hours, days to analyze on traditional infrastructure that sits in a data center can now be done in minutes. And what does that allow then? What, 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 what avenue does that open up when you can start analyzing massive amounts of data thinking about health, um, the the sciences in general. Are we going to start to see a big boom in those industries thanks to the, the power that they can be leveraged in a, in a cloud infrastructure? Yeah, I, you know, there's so much cool stuff I, that I've seen coming along. I mean, on the same vein, James, you look at potentially where we're going with quantum computing and the fact that yeah. now even getting to have some time to play with quantum functions and a quant you can do it, you know, you can do it on all the cloud vendor platforms. You think, can you imagine saying to your boss, like, you know, when you were working for this company, you know, 20 years ago, uh, yeah, any chance we can, we, we can buy a quantum computer just for me to have a little play. Yeah. It'd be like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, but now, yeah. you know, just the, 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 just so many barriers to entry. So for me, I mean, I know we're coming up to the time now, but, for me, cloud is nothing but positive. You know, it's nothing but a positive step change. Yes, there are nuances that can be deemed a negative compared to if you're comparing apples to apples in certain respects. But if you find that, you're probably doing it wrong anyway, you know, is my take. And for me, that the, the positivity that comes with cloud solutions and being able to define and architect cloud solutions, you know, it's a bit cliched, but it's almost like, like I'm a kid in a sweet shop. It's exciting yeah. to see where we're going because there are so many cool things that we can do and so many clever ways that we can kind of build these solutions with the with with that new technology. As as much as it is a bit of a pain in the backside to keep up to speed with all the the, the new goings on, I think as long as you can kind of keep yourself grounded and keep yourself on track to a certain extent, you can use your creative brain to come up with some cool solutions on cloud technology. And that's, I think that's, yeah, and that's a really good way of thinking about this. You know, any business problems that that exist generally could probably be solved by something in the cloud to a certain, you know, anything that's IT related, you know, or information related, you probably can solve that problem in the cloud. It's, you know, the, the scalability, uh, flexibility, and, and the innovation that's available means that you're right, you know, you can come up with really creative ways to solve problems that we couldn't solve or we had to solve differently before. We can solve them much better now. Mm. I think, Dan, like you're looking at VDC, virtual desktops. Yeah. Like that, that's, I imagine that could be a big growth area where suddenly you no longer do you need to buy 
a more powerful machine uh, every three or four years. You could literally just have a a, a terminal, a, Chrome, a Chromebook. Yeah, yeah just 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 a generic terminal, and and mm. you through that, you know, look at cloud gaming. You, you don't even need a games console no more. Mm. No, and exactly that. You've you've got to a point now where um, W three six five or Windows three six five from from Microsoft. There's, I think, in the coming months is going to be big. It's going to be a massive growth area for a lot of people. Um, where people have have in the like businesses have in the past have, have actually grown their uh, their VDI infrastructure using um, Citrix. Um, mm-hmm. I think W365 is, is going to be a very, very good alternative offering for them, for, for, for businesses that want to take up off-prem. Mm. And mm. that's that's solving a tangible problem from a business perspective, which, and I think it's, it's through solving those tangible problems that you'll see more people leveraging the power of the cloud. Definitely, definitely. Mm. And I think if people haven't yet taken the leap, just find something small to start with yeah. as well i think it's it doesn't have you don't have to attack the biggest beast in in your infrastructure on in your on prem so i think some take something small take it as a pilot take it um a lot as i said before a lot of businesses have, have used the mobile device as a very good opportunity to almost pilot the cloud and test the cloud to actually prove that it how good it actually is or or not Mm -hmm. um and and i think that's a really good example is that if you haven't done ever you if you haven't done that yet then please do it please do yeah Um, oh that's a good that's a good uh that's a good um point dan i think i think one of the things especially when you when you dig into microsoft there's this whole thing of oh that's cool i like the look of that and then you realize Oh, and I can do that, and then you sit back and go, "Oh, and I can do this," and then, "Oh, and I can do this." But all of a sudden, from looking at that one small piece, and Microsoft do it kind of deliberately better together. You know, it's all this thing of do one thing and then you realize you can do more, and it's almost knowing working with customers to know right what is the right size project. So that's really good advice. I think it's just start with the bit that you need to actually do to solve the problem. Try and not get sucked into the oh, look, gloss, shiny new tech that we can somehow push out to our business users, whether they like it or not. You know, that's arguably the wrong way of, of deploying technologies. But you see it happen time to time. You know, it's uh, the enthusiastic IT guy. And I know because I used to be that enthusiastic IT guy that just would just be like, yeah, 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 they're, they're having everything, you know. So it's um, it's a very valid point. And, and none more so that when it comes, again, to, to – to things that you're going to do in Azure, all of a sudden you you kind of face with this window of features and functionality. That, but where do I start? What what do I want to do? Okay, now I could configure this. I could do it this way. I could do it that way. And look, you, you'll get two software devs in a room. You'll get two architects in a room, and and they'll they'll give you 17 different ways you can do the same thing. And I think it's somehow just realizing that that is the state of play today. Um, just focus on what the problems are that you're trying to solve and just do what you need to do, isn't it? I think is, is what you were saying, Dan. Yeah, definitely. I think it's to summarize it really. I think if you, if you have, a, if you have a, a, a desire to, to have a play around, then set yourself up a, a, a test tenant. Um, 
and just wipe her. Just get an old iPhone, iPad, Android, um, and just have a play around. Or get yourself a, a Windows 10 VM, a Windows 11 VM, and really just have a play. Just it doesn't. It's not going to cost you anything for it's thirty days. Um, and then when it, and when it all finishes and, and it comes to the end of that expiry, that's it. Do it again. Yeah. And I think you really, Absolutely. really, you'll really uh, find the benefits of what it can do for you. Um, so we should we yeah. we need some kind of a poll thing when we agree with stuff we just give it a star rating. The uh, <laughs> Silver Linings Run Book star rating of cloud. Yeah, it's all right. It's not bad. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's, it's not, not star rating. It's cloud rating. Cloud rating. I'll yeah. give it five clouds. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we cool. should probably end it there, shouldn't we? Well, indeed. Why not? We don't want to bore too, people too much now, do we? Sorry, Dan, what was that? Hush. <laughs> <laughs> I asked for that one really, didn't I? So, um, yeah, I think that's uh, that's the end of that one for this week. Then, thank you very much for listening, and uh, we'll catch you on the other side. Yeah, cheers, everyone. Nice to see you guys. Thank see you. you next week. See you later, guys. Bye.